breaching the fault lines of today. Welcome to Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Dr. Zudi Jasser. Welcome to another episode this week of Reform This on the Blaze Podcast Network. Always an honor to be with all of you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for tuning in again this week. And if you're looking for a discussion about those issues that just get dismissed, reported as simple news, but with a lot more layers to it that affect not only American Muslim families here, but all of us in some ways, the way identity politics might, the way we dismiss issues related to certain minorities in America, and then with the Muslim community, as diverse as we are, it has repercussions globally where you have a a fourth of the world's population that's Muslim, and ultimately a place where we can lead change here in America is unable to do that because we either lack the courage, we lack the bandwidth, or we're simply looking at the American Muslim population as a checkbox, as a minority that we address with and I hate to say it, a bigotry of low expectations, but that bigotry of low expectations ends here. In this episode, like so many others, I'm going to dive into a topic that I've been covering for a long time. This podcast has been around for a little over three years, but the issue of so-called, and we'll say so-called, but the bottom line is, is they are honor killings. And I get it that folks don't want to call them honor killings because there's no honor and it's murder, it's it's heinous barbarism. But if we don't call them honor killings, then we are preventing the identification of exactly what they are, which is typically a brother or a father that commits a heinous act of violence, murder, torture upon their sister, their daughter, their mother, because... They violated the Islamist honor code. And this episode is dedicated to Sarah and Amina. Two teenage girls, 17 and 18, murdered, slaughtered by their father in 2008, January 1, 2008. This animal was finally tracked down this week. And I want to talk to you a little bit about it. Yasser Abdel Saeed, the 63-year-old who's suspected of killing his two daughters, teenage daughters in Irving more than a decade ago, back in January 1st, 2008, was, thank God, captured. After being on the lam for over 12 years. Being on the lam evading the authorities and being on the FBI's 10 most wanted fugitive list since 2014 in connection with the shootings and murder of his 18-year-old Amina Saeed and 17-year-old Sarah Saeed on New Year's Day 2008. He was taken into custody this week, a few days ago in Denton County near Dallas in Justin, Texas. Now, my first comment about the story was the following. 
first question every human being in the Dallas area should be asking is, where and with whom was this animal, this creature hiding? I anticipate, I hope, other arrests follow for those harboring a fugitive and a militant Sharia supremacist. And that was on the heels within minutes of the story breaking earlier this week. Well, now it turns out within a few days, reports that two of Saeed's relatives, his son Islam Saeed and his brother Yasin Saeed, were arrested in Eulis, Texas, accused of helping him to elude arrest. Special agent in charge of the FBI Dallas field office, Matt DeSarno, said Yasser Saeed was, quote, compliant and quiet. Arrested in Justin, he declined to provide details about how he was traced and called it good old-fashioned aggressive initiative-based police work for the arrest. I'll, call you, I'll tell you what it's called. They probably had, and it took a while to get appropriate monitoring on every close relative because anyone who studied these types of murders knows that it's sanctioned and aided typically by other males in the family. The misogyny, the deep the deep hate and enslavement of women and, and deprivation of their rights is something that is not simply randomly found in one gentleman in a family. It is something that is indoctrinated. And oh, by the way, Google and search CARE, the Council for American Islamic Relations, otherwise known as the Council for American Islamist Radicalization. Google and find whether they have made any comments about how happy they are that justice has come to two Muslim young ladies that were slaughtered. They've been silent, appeasing the mainstream media that likes to defer these oh, over the bad news that affects the Muslim communities. Bad news, seriously? This is not just sort of news to be run through a quick 20-second report. This is a sign of a deeper problem. For every, As I've said so many times, for every one or two honor killings, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of women deprived of rights, deprived of autonomy, treated as second- and third-class citizens inside countries like America where they have other avenues. So just like America pays attention to domestic violence and pays attention to rape victims and otherwise we and, and has paid attention to the horrors committed of pedophilia and the Catholic Church and other crimes. Why are we not paying attention to the Islamist indoctrination of misogyny that creates these animals? Like Yasser Saeed. The authorities suspected that other people aided in harboring Saeed through the years. And I can't wait till they're exposed. Because imagine, ladies and gentlemen, in the United States of America, a guy hid from authorities for over 12 years. Where was he hiding? Finally, he was seen and reported, and they descended on him. And, you know, listen, the separatism of Islamism is, is a deep threat, not only to our security, but to any reform process, because there's a sense of us versus them. The, the radicalization of American Muslims is not something that's simply about teaching them to strap bombs on their waists and to, to be radical 
terrorists, but it's the process of an indoctrination that separates them out from society, that tells them that America is not the land of the free and the brave. It's the land of anti-Muslim, of anti-Muslim bigotry, of invasions of Iraq, and all the things that they use in conspiracy theories rather than teaching their kids like my family taught me that American troops are the most moral fighting force on the planet, that American troops liberated Iraq, that we are a force for good. Whatever you feel about the war, whatever you feel about outlying incidents that might have happened there, the bottom line is, is that the narrative about America radicalizes. And thus, when they seek their own justice, call it justice, I call it heinous barbarism, in which a father kills his own daughters. Because in Jordan, when that's done, look at the legal system in Jordan. Supposedly a benevolent monarchy. Honor killings get a slap on the wrist. When brothers kill their sisters for dishonoring the family, they get a few months in jail. Look at it. I'm not making this stuff up. Google it. It's trying to be reformed by various human rights organizations, but in authoritarian dictatorships, it's impossible to do that. That's why you have royal family princesses and others never coming back when they're able to get out of the country. And that's for the highest of the high in those countries. Never to talk about what happens to the vast, the millions, that somehow the West thinks are modernized because they get the right to drive. Yes, it might be an advancement, a step forward in a journey of thousands of miles. But then in the United States, when these immigrants, like my family, come, they don't immediately become Jeffersonian moral families of integrity, many of them. Many of them bring with them the misogyny, the sharia, supremacism, and otherwise. And these cases should be depictive of the reform necessary depictive of the reform necessary. There's so many elements to be taught in this case, not just OSI of relief. There were some reports that some of the FBI agents had waited to retire because they wanted to get closure for this case because of how much it weighed on their souls. Where's the weight of the souls for the families in the Texas area there that knew this Egyptian immigrant, Saeed, who slaughtered his kids? And I have to tell you, as I read the news stories this past week, right, as we get to the end of August 2020, the verbiage was basically the same as the verbiage in January 2008. What do I mean by verbiage? I'm talking about, oh, this was not an honor killing. This is a horrific, had nothing to do with Islam, nothing to do with any of the rules. This is not even cultural. It is just an animal that was psychotic. Same verbiage. 12 years later, we've learned nothing seriously. No, the public has learned something. The public links the extremist interpretations and the ownership that many of these Neanderthals feel they have of their daughters and their wives and otherwise. The public has. But the media will not report it appropriately. The media continues to not want to offend the Islamic establishment of their Islamism. 
Can't wait to find out how many people harbored this individual as they track back his steps. Because remember, in the one of the ISIS bombings and attacks that happened in Europe, I believe it was around 2014, 15, the militants of ISIS went from Paris to Belgium. Paris attacks in November. Belgium attacks in March 2015, I believe. Five months. They committed an act that injured and killed hundreds in Paris. And two of them escaped and get to Belgium through the EU and then were found in one of the notoriously insular neighborhoods in Belgium. And what that told us at the time and I talked to you about was how separatist many of these communities are and how little police information there was. And ultimately, they found those two. But it tells you that folks in the West, Muslim radicals, have a continuum of radicalization that includes not just the the, the violence of, of, of shooting and bombing and otherwise, but also the cheering on, the, the, the loyalty to the nuclear family structure, the loyalty to the movement, the common enemies against Western governments, against Western society, against secularism. In response to the loyalty to the Sharia, to their Islamic interpretation, their Islamic law interpretation that they belong. Authorities suspected that other people had been aiding and harboring Saeed through the years, special agent in charge DeSarno said. Patricia Owen's mother of the victim said Saeed's former wife was relieved at the news. His former wife said, all I can say is there's going to be justice. She said the last 12 years were a nightmare for her family. She had no idea where Saeed was, and despite public speculation about a motive, she doesn't know where the sisters were killed or why. She said, my daughters were loving, caring, smart, loved everybody, would love and help anybody. They were two of the most awesome kids in the world. They did not deserve what happened to them, and they would be 29 and 30 years old today if their father hadn't snuffed their life out from them as a result of some pathologically theocratic understanding. And you may say, well, how do we know the motives? And that's what the Islamists would say. You can't indict Islam, etc., etc. There were there was testimony all over the place that he was upset internally about them being westernized, about them not listening to them, etc. And you may try to dismiss that as sort of every teenager's rebellion. But this interface, this conflict of the interface between Western values and society, societal mores, and Islamist and tribal mentalities is key, is key to the modernization that we need to undergo for true reform, reform for freedom and liberty and and equality. The police said there had been some domestic problems in the family and that they were exploring motives for the slayings. Exploring motives. Twelve years later, there still isn't 
there still cannot be found investigative reporting about the motives. The Boston bombers, no matter what people tried to do, tons of reporting happened to look into the family, to look into harboring individuals and others, to expose the ideologies. Left or right, the media, because of the attacks, had to, had to investigate it. Same thing with Nadal Hassan, though the government dropped the ball repeatedly on identifying his jihad, identifying his radicalism by name and helping us learn from it. Bottom line is, is they studied it. And for someone who wants to look and understand the real root cause, you will see it in between the lines of the commission and others that looked at the horrific attacks of Al-Qaeda through Nidal Hassan. But in this, you still have you still have sort of moral equivalencies of simply domestic violence, etc. And nothing, nothing about honor killings other than a little footnote on the Wikipedia page. The report out this week said there were widespread speculation rooted in Saeed's Muslim faith that the sisters were shot in an honor killing. A practice in some cultures where male leaders, where men kill female relatives who are thought to have brought shame upon their families. It's a little more sophisticated interpretation, but it doesn't get into exactly the legal protections that exist in so many countries for these militants. The victim's brother, Islam Saeed, then 19, disputed the notion. It's something else. Religion has nothing to do with it. Again, the media at Dallas Morning News is reporting the same crap that was reported in 2008. No, no progress in 12 years. Sarah Saeed called 911 about 7.30 p.m. the night she was killed. I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying, she said. Authorities traced the call to the Los Colinas area of Irving but didn't find anything. A short, term, a short time later, someone called to report two unconscious women in a vehicle near the service entry of what was then the Omni Mandalay Hotel. Amina and Sarah were students at Louisville High School, found dead, bloodied in their father's taxi, shot multiple times. Father was not only a suspect, but became a fugitive. They surrounded the family's home and it had been vacated and found empty. This animal was from Egypt, lived in Dallas, for decades, and still able to flee authorities. And remember, Islam, the son at the time, did press conference calling upon people to find his dad, to turn him in. And he said, I don't want to have anything to do with him. Now he stands arrested for harboring the fugitive. Things are not as they seem, are they? And still silence from the Islamist leadership. The FBI said authorities will work to determine where Saeed has been over the last 12 years, but the most significant priority now, understandably, is the prosecution for the capital murder of his daughters. Hats off to the honorable men and women at the FBI and the police that brought this case to closure for the family and especially for Amina and Sarah. Every parent 
every parent, every sibling. I think every individual in the Arabic and the Muslim community should reflect on what we can do different to prevent the snuffing out of lives like Sarah's and Amina's. So many victims. I've talked to you about imams that exploit and do hidden hidden marriages with second and third and fourth wives that that have been under affidavit of legal nonprofit victims attorneys have shown that there are imams molesting and taking advantage and exploiting vulnerable victims. And still, the FBI hats off to their work when, not the FBI, I'm sorry, when the Irving police chief, Spivey, said that he was asked about it being a good day for law enforcement this week. When he was asked about the theory of honor killing, Spivey said those two words shouldn't be used together. Come on. Seriously? That's still where we are today? Absurd. This man brutally murdered, shot, and this is what Spivey said, and it is a call to justice and alertness. We're talking about police reform? Police reform. This man, he said, brutally murdered, shot to death his two daughters in his taxi cab. What led him to do that, I think at this point to us, is irrelevant. I'm horrified. What led him to do that is irrelevant. I am literally horrified. Dallas Morning News reports that, and that's how the quote ends, ladies and gentlemen. No, what led him to do that matters. You bet it matters. You bet it matters what led him to do that because there are hundreds, if not thousands, there are 5,000 honor killings done a year, if not more, that the UN reports on. And if this police officer thinks, just like to say that somehow a, a murder done as a result of alcoholism, a murder done as a result of, of, of pedophilia, all the other diseases and other things and ideologies that can affect people, a police officer saying that what, what he thought about it doesn't matter, that shows the ignorance and the protection of a community due to a bigotry of low expectations. And I'm sorry, I will not be a victim of that bigotry. No, you should expect of the Muslim community, police chief Spivey, the same that you do of every other community. Do not insult American Muslims. Do not insult especially the women of the Muslim community by telling them that somehow it doesn't matter that they're abused and by misogynistic Neanderthal men. No, that doesn't matter. It's just it's irrelevant. They just committed an act of murder. No, because there's a slippery slope there. There's a continuum of radicalization that if we don't address, then the lives of Amina and Sarah will not. Will have died in vain and they will not have been any learning and, and, and progress done as a result of the horrors inflicted upon that family and especially upon those two, those two victims. Remember, just a week before the slayings, the sisters, their mother, and their boyfriends fled the state after Saeed learned about the sisters' relationship. They rented an apartment under another name in Tulsa, but returned to Louisville on New Year's Eve. What prompted her to go back home is beyond me. And ultimately then, because they had left and then come back, 
the father then apparently slayed them. If you want to look at some of the, I mean, even the reporting, at least from the Dallas Morning News, had improved. 2017 home video from Saeed with his daughters that was obtained by Crime Watch Daily with Chris Hansen hinted at the abuse relative said the sisters endured. The footage recorded by Saeed showed the girls in their bedroom while Saeed made comments including, Sarah sleeps with her pants. And wow, look at those eyes. I got my eye on you. Amina was also seen playing with a gun in the footage. Owens, who divorced Saeed in 2009 and had converted to Islam after her daughter's deaths, said in 2011 that she didn't know why Saeed had killed Amina and Sarah, but that he thought they were overly westernized. He would say things like, they're becoming too American. I guarantee that is key. Too American. Bookmark that. At the time, she was still afraid of Saeed returning to kill her. But she said she had one question for her ex-husband if she saw him. Why and how could you do that? So this whole thing, apparently, the mother converted to Islam after. And gosh, if only we had put more exposure on this story, as we've tried to do so many of us. Maybe victim, just like you have so many families that are, arise from victimization by militants in their own families, then become beacons to lead so that the same things don't happen to other families, that should be hopefully what could have evolved in the narrative of the Saeeds and Patricia Owens and others. But there's just not enough attention to it. There's just not enough. A lot of times families just want to go on with their lives. Communities just want to deflect it and go on and pretend it didn't happen, or at least not to relive the horror. But I'm sorry. The horror continues in families all over the country. The horrors of Amina and Sarah that they had to suffer is going on in other families across the country and across the world as evidenced by numbers of those that commit honor killings and are victims of it and yet we're barely making a dent in it let alone the Sharia states that you see the way women are treated in Iran in Saudi Arabia in Jordan in Pakistan wherever Sharia dominates from states to neighborhoods and others Women's rights fall to the gutter. And honor killings, honor abuse, honor torture. It's not about honor. Obviously, that term is used because of the tribal mentality of Sharia and how it's a property, how women become a property of the male-dominated culture. That's Islamism. That's political Islam, ladies and gentlemen. And it has not progressed in our narrative against it. So expose it. Expose it. It starts here. Let people know about this podcast so that the lives of Amina and Sarah can not only have this page closed as the the animal that was their father is now behind bars, but also the, the, the enlarging circles of support that exist in their communities that they knew in their neighborhoods and their families that supported this radicalism can be stopped, can also be brought to justice, 
and can be exposed. Like we talked about with the FGM, the female genital mutilation in the communities of the Dawoodi Bora communities in Detroit. It was more than simply them saying, oh, the doctors were attempted to be brought to justice, but then it was actually dismissed because of jurisdictional issues. But there was no press releases confirming that Sharia that they were interpreting was wrong, that it was immoral, that it was corrupt. So the reform cannot happen by simply admitting that you're going to follow American law. No. As this honor killing said, it was about the girls being too American. So when they dismiss Americanism and American freedom and American principles of legalisms, when they dismiss that, you can't reform. But they need to confront it as being a more moral judicial system than the Sharia one that embodies discrimination and misogyny against women. And that needs to happen. That needs to be part of the solution in order for all these things to change. So highlight it. Bring it to the media. Bring it to universities, to your interfaith conversations. Don't let the Islamist establishment speak on behalf of our communities. Let them be held accountable and be held accountable as the echo chamber that allows these folks to exist and allows them to be hidden for 12 years, no matter how much they try to separate themselves from it. The culture of us versus them allowed this guy to escape capture for 12 years. This is Zudi Jasser on Reform This, and we'll be back with you next week. Follow me on Twitter at Dr. Zudi Jasser, D-R-Z-U-H-D-I-J-A-S-S-E-R, and at Reform This Radio. Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network.